Good evening. It's 8 o'clock in Yerushalayim. This is webyeshiva.org, and it's time to begin our series of shiurim on uh, gender and clothing. That's a polite way of saying what, what we used to call uh, uh, cross-dressing. Now, uh, before I begin, let me make a few technical announcements. First of all, thanks to uh, Ezra and our technical staff for uh, ironing out the kinks and uh, eradicating the bugs in the, our new in our new internet site. Uh, as of now, the uh, the chats which are made during the class should be preserved. Uh, should be uh, archived if you want to download uh, the archives. So if you if you do download an archive and want to ask me a question about it, you can ask me by email. Here is my email on chat. There on chat you have my email. Feel free to send me an email if you want to ask me a question about an archived shiur. Just let me know the original date of the shiur. So I'll know what it is you're talking about and approximately how many minutes into the shiur you're asking about. Then I'll be able to respond by email to any questions you have about the archived shiurim. The archives are available uh, shortly, uh, a day, uh, within a day after the actual shiur is finished. Now, uh, if you want to ask a question during the shiur, feel free to type your question on chat. I will uh, see it on my screen, and then I can respond to uh, to your questions which are on chat. I know not all of you are from countries uh, which are English-speaking. Not all of you are native speakers of English. If you prefer to ask a question in another language, uh, uh, feel free. On peut poser des questions en français. Man kann fragen auf Deutsch stellen. Uh, well, I have a number of other languages as well. If you want to, to correspond with me in a, in a language other than English, uh, let me know and I, I might be able to handle that. Now, uh, uh, let's begin with the material. Mm, here we go. Uh, uh, what we're going to talk about uh, is uh, men's clothing and women's clothing. One of the topics we're not going to touch upon in this series is uh, uh, trans, trans men and trans women who have undergone uh, sex reassignment surgery. Uh, in a previous series of classes which I've given, which are available on the archive, I've spoken about the disagreement among the great rabbis about the results, the halachic results, what happens after a man or a woman has undergone sex reassignment uh, surgery and now have a trans man or a trans woman, uh, halachically speaking, does the surgery flip the halachic identity of the male into female or female into the male, or halachically speaking, is this immutable and unchangeable? This machloket, this disagreement among the poskim, I have addressed in a series of shiurim on sex uh, reassignment surgery, and we're not going to deal with that in this series. If you're interested in that question, well, that, that's the series of shiurim to look at on, the, uh, on our archives. Now, as far as... Um, uh, uh, men wearing women's clothing or, or the other way around. The prohibition is a prohibition of the Torah. Uh, we have the verse on the screen in front of us. A woman must not put on men's garments, nor shall a man wear women's garments. Whoever does that is abhorrent, to'eva, abhorrent uh, to, 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 to God. Now, exactly what's abhorrent here and exactly what's wrong with it deserves some careful analysis. And we're going to see different opinions among the great rabbis about exactly what's wrong with cross-dressing. And this is going to lead us to different conclusions uh, about what is permitted and what is prohibited. Well, let's begin with the uh, uh, halachic sources. As usual uh, in my halacha shiurim, uh, we begin with a text of the Shulchan Aruch. And of course, there's no need for me to tell you uh, verbally exactly where I'm drawing the text from. 
because you have the exact source on the screen. And if you want to look up the context and see whether or not I've made some horrible mistakes in uh, typing, which, which I do sometimes, uh, you have the exact sources on the screen, so you, you can look them up if you want to, don't have to mention exactly what the sources are in the course of the class. What it says in the Shohan Aruch is, Lo isha ish. Now, the, 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 the word ta'adeh, the word used by the Shohan Aruch is an unusual word. Uh, the word, it doesn't just say that a woman should not wear men's garments. It says that a woman should not ta'adeh man's garments. This word is not exactly the same as wearing. It's, uh, it's an unusual word. The word has to do with something which is decorative. Uh, a, a woman should not should not uh, adorn her body with men's clothing, or the other way around. Halachas work equally in both both directions. The first uh, sentence has to do with uh, women wearing men's clothing. The second sentence is going to say exactly the same thing in the other direction. Uh, women should not adorn themselves with male garments. Kagon, for example, shetasim barosham mitznefet. She should not wear a turban uh, on her head. You know, like in, in back in those days, uh, the men wore turbans, not women. Uh, okova, uh, or, or a hat. Well, you know, I mean, uh, when I say that a woman should not wear a hat, you're thinking of contemporary styles of hats. You know, back in those days, the style of hat which men wore, uh, women should not. Otil Bashirion, a woman should not wear armor. You know, like the knights of the old days used to wear armor, chain and, and mail and all kinds of complicated armor. That, that's a male garment, and women should not wear uh, should not wear armor, which of course is going to occupy the minds of contemporary postkin on the question of what about carrying a pistol? What about carrying a, uh, a modern weapon. Does that somehow fall into this category? Well, well, let's wait till we come to the contemporary rabbis to see how this discussion plays out in modern terms. But uh, women should not wear uh, the, the armor worn by a knight, or kayotsebo, or anything similar. The ish lefi minhag what constitutes male garments, and therefore prohibited for women to dress that way, is something which depends upon minhag ha-makom, the practices, the custom of that place. Uh, uh, male style garments vary from place to place and time to time. And in that society, in that time, garments which are, which are for men should not be worn by women. Of course, uh, changes could happen. You go to another society, a different time, different place. Uh, same society changes over the course of time. Things change. But uh, today, where, whatever society you're in, if that's a male garment, no good for women. Oh, it has not, it's not only, the whole problem, the whole prohibition is not limited to, uh, not limited to, uh, to garments which you put on your body, exactly the same problem pertains to hairstyles. A woman should not cut her hair in a male style. So certain ways that men uh, dress their hair, different ways that women dress their hair, assuming that's true in the society you live in. If that's true in a given society, is there are male style and female styles of hairdressing that each gender has to follow the rules. Well. Now the Shulchan Aruch begins with uh, women not imitating men, and then, yeah, well, uh, yeah, the difference between security, yeah, the security issue. Well, that's going to be with rifles and pistols in modern times. We'll come to the security issue then. Then the Shulchan Aruch goes on and looks at exactly the same thing from the other point of view, from the male point of view. Lo ish ish isha. A man should not adorn himself with the adornments of a female. Uh, Kagon, for example, for example, he should not wear colorful garments. Well, well, uh, if, you, if you find yourself in a society where women wear colorful garments and men 
where black and white, like in my holy neighborhood, which is wall to wall, and all the men go around in public wearing only white and black. Those are the only colors. I think those colors. Men and men wear white and black in my neighborhood. Women uh, wear colorful garments. Well, if that's the society you live in, men cannot wear the garments of women. Khalizahav, or gold jewelry. Uh, if, uh, if only women wear gold jewelry in that society, a man cannot wear a gold wedding ring. If in that society, that time and place, men do not wear gold jewelry, only women do, so a man putting on a, a golden wedding ring is an imitation of women. It's not, that's, that's not good in that place and time. Of course, if you live in a society where men do wear gold wedding bands, well, that, that, in that society, it's okay for the men to do that. Uh, in a place where men do not wear things like that, colorful garments, gold jewelry, it's prohibited for men to do that. In a in place and time where only women wear such jewelry, it's prohibited for men. So you got the basic idea, according to the Shulchan Aruch. The Ramah, the words of the Shulchan Aruch are, of course, written by Rabbi Yosef Karo, the great Sephardic authority. By Shulchan Aruch is early, early 16th century. The, the Ramah, Rabbi Moshe Yisrael, the great Ashkenaz authority, added notes to the Shulchan Aruch, representing uh, uh, Ashkenaz thinking. And traditionally, the notes of, uh, of uh, the additional notes of Rabbi Yosef Karo on the Shulchan Aruch, um, are uh, printed in uh, in Rashi script. This is what the Ramah, Rav Moshe Isolus, added to the Shulchan Aruch. The prohibition is not only to dress head to toe like the other gender. The prohibition is in place even with a single garment from the other gender. Even though uh, no one would no one would mistake this woman for being a man because of one male garment she puts on, even though no one would mistake this man for being a woman because of one female garment he puts on, because the rest of the body is uh, is dressed according to the gender, still, even a single garment from the other gender is prohibited. Even though it's perfectly obvious, that, that, that it is a man or it is a woman based on the other garments that the person is wearing, not even, not even a, a little, not even a smidgen of cross-dressing is permitted, according to the Ramah. Okay, these are the basic ideas given to us by the Shulchan Aruch. But it's clear that uh, uh, the, the Shulchan Aruch, as is typical in the Shulchan Aruch, uh, the Shulchan Aruch has only given us the bottom line, a basic outline of what the prohibitions are. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch, as is typical uh, in the Shulchan Aruch, has uh, not lifted a finger to explain to us why it is prohibited, and therefore we're not in a position to actually apply these halachas in any particular case because we don't understand the reasoning behind the halacha. I'll give you one example, and you'll understand how important it is to penetrate to the understanding of why it is prohibited in order to be able to apply the halacha in real cases. Uh, think of a typical example. Uh, what, what, about, what about a woman who works in a, uh, in a clean room uh, in, uh, in, in the electronics industry or, um, or in biological research? Uh, a woman works in a clean room. What's a clean room? A clean room in the electronics industry or in biological research or medical research. A clean room is just that, a room without, uh, without any, anything that's going to interfere with the experiments or the electronics which are being used. And, and the workers in a room like that, these rooms have very complicated 
uh, ventilation systems so that you know strange particles enter the room. It's, it's, it's a very complicated room. And the workers who enter the room wear space suits. Uh, they, they are totally uncovered from from head to foot in space suits in order to work in the clean room. They shouldn't, heaven forbid, contaminate the uh, the electronics or the uh, or the biological specimens which are being studied. Now, of course, uh, the space suits are all of a single style, namely with the trousers. Uh, the man there's no such thing as a space suit with a skirt or a dress. No, there's no such thing. Uh, now, is it okay for a woman to work in that environment? Now, if we take the text of the Shulchan Aruch literally word by word, it would sound prohibited. After all, these spacesuits are clearly designed for men. If you if you if you read in the New York Times, New York Times has been running a series of articles recently about about the difficulties of female astronauts. Uh, among the problems of female astronauts are the design of spacesuits. Uh, uh, back in the early days of uh, of space exploration, you know, beginning uh, 50 years ago, the, the manufacturers. Of spacesuits made very different size spacesuits from very small to very big for different size astronauts, and that turned out to be very expensive. So they, in order to to save some expense, they eliminated, they dropped the very small sizes of uh, of spacesuits, kept the very large ones because some of the astronauts are very big guys. But that created a problem for candidates who were women. They just didn't have small enough size. Uh, 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 spacesuits for them. In any event, according to Shulchan Arach, if the spacesuit is designed in a way uh, for uh, for uh, for men, so uh, it should be similarly prohibited for women. But but is that a, a correct application of the halacha? Let's see if we can now penetrate to understanding some of the reasons for the halacha, and then we'll be able to see how we should apply it in real cases. Uh, we begin with the Taz. There are two principal commentaries on the Yoradeya section of the Shulchan Aruch. The Taz, printed in the inside margin of every standard edition. Uh, that's what we're going to look at first. And living shortly after him, this is 17th century, uh, living shortly after him in the 17th century was the Shach. And the outside margin will come to the Shach in the next screen. Uh, l l let's begin with the Taz. The Taz and the Shach are the two giants of Perushim, commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch. And of course, uh, uh, contemporary rabbis are largely guided in their thinking by these commentaries. Uh, a woman should not adorn herself, and so forth and so on. The commentary of the Taz is as follows. Mashma. The implication here is derech idui, the kishut, Asur. The prohibition is if she puts on these articles of clothing in a decorative way. After all, that was the word used by the Shochanach. The Shochanach used an unusual word. Shochanach could have just said, women are not allowed to wear men's garments. Men are not allowed to wear women's garments. It could have just used the ordinary word for wear, lovesh. But that's not the word used by the Shulchan Aruch. The Shulchan Aruch used this unusual word, uh, he should not adorn himself, she should not adorn herself with uh, the garments of the other gender. So it, it follows, therefore, that if we're talking about a mode of, in, uh, of adornment, like decorative in nature, then a prohibition is in place. Now you're already beginning to think that wearing the spacesuit, no one puts on the spacesuit in order to look good. No one puts on the spacesuit like jewelry or to adorn oneself. No, 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 one, no one puts it on to look good, neither a man nor a woman. That's not the reason anyone puts on a spacesuit. So now we're beginning to think that the whole prohibition should not apply to spacesuits because there's no adornment element there. Uh, the, the, no one, no no one would wear that just to look good. Aval in osa 
But if she does what she does, switch the genders, it doesn't matter which direction we're talking about, male, female, female, male. If, if she does what she does, if she puts on uh, the garment, mipnei chama, because of the sun, to protect yourself against the sun, it's a hot day. Uh, oh, tzina, or cold, it's a cold day, and that's why uh, she's putting on that garment, or that's why he's putting on that garment, that's because it's a hot day, or, or, a, or a cold day. Oh, kshamin, or, or it's a rainy day, and that's why he uh, or she is putting on that garment. No prohibition at all. The prohibition is in place only when you understand the underlying reasoning behind the prohibition. The underlying reason is um, decorative. If there's no decorative element, there's no prohibition. Well, you ask about uh, trousers in the uh, you ask about trousers in the desert. Uh, a better example would be uh, ski pants, uh, ski trousers on the ski slopes, or or um, uh, trousers uh, worn by women while. Uh, while uh, uh, horseback riding, uh, you know, sometimes trousers. Uh, are we speaking North American English or British English here? You know, pants mean something else in British English. I'm talking about uh, trousers. What North America are called pants. Uh, sometimes North American pants, uh, outside of North America, trousers are 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 far more modest than a skirt or a dress. Uh, just think of the example of the ski slopes, or think of the example of horseback riding. Wow. Um, uh, well, well, well. Uh, uh, exactly. What kind of trousers are being worn here for horseback riding? Do, do, do you spend do you spend a lot of money to get very stylish? Does the woman spend a lot of money to get very stylish uh, trousers for horseback riding, which really look good, which are attractive? Oh, now we have a decorative element. And according to Shulchan Aruch, maybe this is prohibited. Climbing fruit trees during the harvest, exactly the same issue. Oh, uh, but maybe the trousers which the woman is wearing during, um, uh, during the harvest uh, to climb the fruit trees, maybe, uh, uh, you know, she just got the you know, work, work, work trousers, uh, which are very durable, thick, uh, thick fabric, not going to tear, last a long time, you know, not to be fashionable. If there's no fashion element involved, then there's also no prohibition. All this seems obvious to me, he writes. Now, of course, this is one great rabbi. Uh, we're going to be interested in the course of the Shi'ur today to see whether or not this is the unique opinion of one great rabbi, or is this an approach which is generally accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wearing uh, wearing a garment because of rebellious uh, motivation, as you mentioned on chat, this is a whole different issue. Um, uh, some people out there might want to dress in a way which expresses their rebellion against Torah standards, against Torah society. That's a whole separate issue, which has nothing to do with cross-dressing. That's the issue of as it says in the Torah. When Bnei Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael, one of the 613 commandments of the Torah is not to imitate Gentile ways. Well, uh, that is a whole separate issue. Well, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that now. If the oh, functionality is okay, that's that's a good word. Functionality. If, if if the reason he or she is wearing that garment is because you need that to function at the moment, you know, uh, men of course can be very jealous uh, of women who wear skirts. Uh, skirts have a have certain practicality to them that men's trousers don't. Uh, when a woman is sitting down and spreads her spreads her legs apart a little bit, she has a work surface with her with her with her skirt, and, and that's a work surface which which women who wear skirts use, and it, it's it's often quite quite valuable for them and uh, and quite useful. Men don't have that. Um, 
uh, as far as unisex is concerned, unisex garments, well, it's perfectly clear that the prohibition here is to wear a garment, a decorative garment of the other gender. Garments which are worn by both are not a, a problem of cross-dressing. Unisex is not an issue of cross-dressing. If, if in the society in which you find yourself there are garments which are worn equally by men and women, well, uh, uh, that's not an issue of cross-dressing at all. Okay, we see the basic approach of the Taz. The prohibition is in place if there's an element of adornment, if an element, uh, it's a fashion statement, you, 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 you're wearing that in order to look good. Uh, now, in the, um, in the Shulchan Aruch, in another section of the Shulchan Aruch, the, uh, the Ramah says, in the section of the Shulchan Aruch dealing with Purim, the Ramah says, what about uh, at Purim parties when a man wants to dress like a woman or the other way around at a Purim party? Uh, the, the, the reason you're doing this is because of Purim. It's Purim. Uh, and part of the Simcha of Purim Part of the simcha of Purim is, uh, well, you, you dress in, a, in an amusing way. Uh, uh, you're doing it because of the amusement value in it. The technical term for that in the Shulchan Aruch is simcha. That, that's part of the simcha of Purim. Well, if the reason you're doing it is for the simcha of Purim, uh, Rabbi Ramon in the Shulchan Aruch says, go for it. That's not the prohibition of cross-dressing because the intention is, is not, uh, is not uh, fashion. The, the, the intention is simcha of Purim, and that's okay. Af al-gav yesh osrim, even though it's true that some poskim, some rabbis are not happy with cross-dressing even on Purim, even though that's true, uh, I was taught, the Taz says, that it's okay. Mori my, my father-in-law, the father-in-law of the Taz was the Bach, my father-in-law wrote, my father-in-law prohibited cross-dressing on Purim. I disagree with him, but my father-in-law and his community prohibited. He brings a proof from uh, Rabbi Eliezer of Metz, one of the medieval rabbis from medieval Germany, medieval France. Metz was on the border between France and Germany, still is on the border. Uh, in, in the Middle Ages, they said at weddings, wedding celebrations, which are also times of simcha, uh, uh, cross-dressing should be prohibited. My father-in-law, the Bach, concluded from that that it should be prohibited on, on Purim as well. And anyone who listens to that prohibition, anyone who who who, who, who obeys that prohibition, tavo alav bracha, be blessed. If you if you do not cross dress on, on Purim or or at, or at weddings, be blessed. If if you do not allow the simcha of the wedding ceremony, the simcha of the wedding celebration, the simcha of Purim, be blessed. If you don't get carried away and, and cross dress for, for for that situation. Uh, there are many problems, heaven forbid, which can result from this when men and women mix together, uh, but it, it's permitted. Those who wish to be strict, may they be blessed, but it, it, it's okay because the motivation is not the prohibited motivation. About custom, right? Uh, even on Purim, even if the costume is so realistic that people make a mistake, uh, according to Shulchan Aruch, it's correct. The Taz says, those who wish to be strict, may they be blessed. It's, it's, not, it's not stupid. It's not foolish uh, to be strict on Purim. And at wedding ceremony, wedding celebrations, we can smile at the people who are, who are strict and don't do this. We don't have to mock them. Uh, but it, 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 it's okay. Uh, uh, a style of jeans which is worn both by men and women, is, as we said, entirely permitted. But of course, the style of jeans, which are worn both by men and women, that varies 
from place to place and time to time. It depends upon your society. In my holy neighborhood, which, as I said, is wall-to-wall Haredim, uh, women would never be caught dead in public uh, wearing any kind of trousers, much less jeans. Uh, in, 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 in my holy neighborhood, in this society where I live, it's clearly prohibited for women to wear any style of men's trouser. They simply don't do it in my neighbor. In another place, in another time, if that is acceptable in society, then it is acceptable in the eyes of halacha as well. And that varies, of course, from time to time and place to place. As the Shulchan Aruch said, one screen ago, it all depends upon minhag hamakom. Those were the words of the Shulchan Aruch on the previous screen. It all depends upon the practices of that society. Uh, and therefore, on a, on a kibbutz, uh, uh, the, um, uh, the the women who uh, who wear who wear jeans. Uh, uh, while climbing the trees to, to pluck the grapefruits, well, that, that, that's fine in that society. No problem at all. Okay, we see the approach of, of the Taz, and as we've uh, outlined, the approach of the Taz leads to vast leniencies because as long as there's no decorative motivation, as long as there's no element of adornment, as long as it's not a fashion statement, According to the Taz, all is well, and that leads to vast, uh, uh, vast uh, uh, leniencies. Oh, uh, you wonder about uh, Jewish women traveling in uh, in uh, uh, other societies, whether it's whether they're, they're Arab societies or or, or uh, East East Asia, South South, South Asia, whatever. The, uh, the, the the rule is as follows. Uh, when I speak about what is a man's garment and what is a woman's garment, leading to the conclusion of what's prohibited for the other gender, I'm talking about men's garments and women's garments among Torah-observant Jews. Uh, when, I, when, when we speak about the society determining uh, what's okay and what's not okay, when we speak about minhagamokum, the practice of your place in time, we're talking about the practice of the Torah-observant Jews in your place and time. If you're traveling in a location where there are no Torah-observant Jews, then all bets are off and there's no room for prohibition at all. But uh, if, in, if among the Torah-observant Jews where you find yourself at the moment, uh, the men dress this way and the women dress that way, then cross-dressing is prohibited. In the traditional Jewish society, uh, Torah observant society in, in North Africa, from Morocco, uh, from Morocco uh, uh, eastward, in the in the traditional Torah observant society in Teman, of course, all of the women wore trousers, and all of the men wore dresses. In that society, where that's the way the Torah observant Jews dress, so you're not allowed to flip, uh, not allowed to flip to the other side. Of course, uh, uh, if, if you live in a society where the Torah observant Jews dress the other way around, it's the women who wear the dresses, the men who wear the trousers. Then yeah, you have to you have to fall in line with the practice of the minhag hamakom, the the, the 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 customs of the place and time where you find yourself. The, um, all this is according to the Taz. Now we're wondering whether or not this is a general opinion of the rabbis, or is this somehow a unique opinion of the Taz, who already admitted that he's more lenient than his father-in-law, the, the, uh, the Bach. If you're ever wondering whether there's any obligation for sons-in-law to conform with the halakhic uh, Torah practices of their father-in-law. Well, the Taz surely didn't think so. This is not the only example of the Taz disagreeing with his great father-in-law, though the Bach. I mean, there, there, there are many examples of that throughout the Shulchan Aruch. Well, let's turn now to the opinion of the Shach, who, as I said, is printed in the outside margin of the standard Shulchan Aruch. 
commenting on exactly the same passage in the Shulchan Aruch, a woman should not adorn herself like a man, and so forth and so on. Katava Bach, Hete The Bach, that same father-in-law that we mentioned before, said there are two areas and only two areas of leniency here. Area of leniency number one. Even if we're talking about a decorative element of the clothing, something which is worn to look good, the prohibition depends upon whether you're wearing it in order to look like the other gender. If your intention, your kavana, your intention is anything other than wanting to look like the other gender, all is well. It is no problem. The prohibition is in place if your kavana, if your intention is to look like the other gender. The, um, uh, the, the woman uh, who wears female-style trousers while horseback riding. Uh, the woman uh, who wears a um, uh, uh, spacesuit in the clean room or, 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 or trousers while on the ski slopes is not doing it because she wants to look like a man. She's doing it either because she's afraid she's going to fall in the snow and this protects her a lot more or because on the horse this is much more modest. Uh, the the the, the uh, uh, skirt might be safety issues depending upon the industry you're working in. Of course, of course. Uh, if the if the if the reason you're wearing it is to look like the other gender, prohibited. If the reason you're dressing that way is because it's safer with the equipment you're using, or uh, or it's going to protect you uh, if you if you fall off the motorcycle. And then the leather trousers will protect you uh, more than, than other things. Or, or the reason you're wearing it is to, not to contaminate the, the, the clean room. Uh, it doesn't matter what the reason you're wearing it is as long as it's not to look like the other gender. If the reason you're doing it is to look like the other gender, prohibited. Which is why the Bach prohibited cross-dressing on Purim. After all, on Purim, People who cross-dress, cross-dress because they want to look like the other gender. That's the whole, that's the whole purpose of cross-dressing on Purim. Therefore, the, the, the Bach prohibited it, even though his son-in-law on the previous screen permitted it. Now, and he says exactly the same thing twice. Uh, once from the female point of view, and then he just repeats it all from the male point of view. It doesn't matter uh, which direction we're talking about here. If the reason that you're wearing, the garment you're wearing, is to protect yourself against the elements. He says exactly with the same words that the Taz used on the previous screen. To protect yourself uh, against the, the, the sun, against the cold, against the rain. In short, if the reason you're doing it is to protect yourself against the elements, then you're not doing it. You're not wearing that because you want to look like the other gender. Therefore, there's no prohibition. The prohibition is in place only if there's a kavana, a desire, a wish to look like the other gender. Uh, that's the first big area of leniency. Second big area of leniency, according to the uh, according to the shach, is even if the reason you're doing it is because you want to look like the other gender, it's still permitted unless we're talking about something which is a, which is decorative, something which is an adornment, uh, something which you're wearing because of the fashion. So uh, these are, are are the two big areas of leniency according to the Bach, as quoted by the Shach, and these are vast, these lead to vast leniencies. The application is extraordinarily broad. Yeah, the, the relationship between uh, sex and gender, uh, I spoke about at length in the series of Shi'urim on uh, transsexual surgery. The uh, uh, aval, 
אם לובש ממש בגדי אישה עד שאינו ניכר שהוא איש, וכן תפחד, אם you dress entirely like the other gender, and no one realizes by looking at you what your real gender is, you, 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 you're doing such a good imitation of the other gender that people will mistake you for being the other gender, that's surely prohibited. That's surely prohibited. Now, now, now you, you realize here the Shach is introducing a new element to the discussion. Up till now, the prohibition has been rooted entirely in the in in the uh, uh, in situations where you want to look good, and therefore you think you're going to look good by dressing within the, the other gender's garments. Now, 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 the shock has added a new element to the discussion here. If we're talking about not just looking good, if, 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 if there's something else here. After all, a single male garment on a woman or a single female garment on a man uh, might be worn to look good, but no one's going to mistake you for being the other gender. If the imitation is so complete, if the imitation is sufficiently perfect that people will mistake you for a being of the other gender, then that's part of the prohibition according to the, according to the Shach. Now, um, <laughs> uh, uh, correct, correct. The, um, uh, let's uh, uh, think about, let's think about this for a moment. According to the Shach, there is a, a problem in creating room for mistaken identity. Uh, 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 males who open the door for creating misunderstanding and women will think it's a woman or the other way around, uh, they, 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 that's wrong, that's wrong. What, what's bad about that? Uh, well, why does he object to that? Because he's against any mixing of the genders. Back in those days, as is still true in my holy neighborhood today, uh, back in those days and still today in certain parts of certain areas in Jewish societies, men and women remain entirely separate. Uh, when there's a kiddish uh, after uh, uh, prayers on Shabbos morning in the shul, in my neighborhood, just like back in the days of the shach, there's no intermingling of the men and the women. They're in separate rooms. Um, the, uh, uh, the idea of intermingling among the sexes was simply unheard of back in those days, right? The Shach is 17th century Eastern Europe, and it remains unheard of in certain elements of Jewish Torah observant society today. Uh, 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 and if in your society men and women do not intermingle, then a, a man who wants to sneak in to the women's harem, and and uh, you know, uh, men are not allowed to enter the women's harem except for the except for the sultan, you know. Uh, uh, but this man wants to wants to sneak into the women's harem for hanky panky, and, and, and in order to get past the guards, he, he wants to dress like a woman, so he'll be taken, and he'll, he'll, the guards will think he's a woman and let him into the harem. Well, the only reason a man would want to intermingle with the women or the other way around in those days was because his or her intention is hanky-panky and that, of course, is prohibited. What are we left with up to this point? If uh, the whole purpose of uh, 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 in wearing whatever it is you're wearing is to protect yourself against the elements, it's not only the Taz who is lenient. That is a mainstream idea of the poskim that has been now embraced by the Shach. The two, now we have the two principal commentaries on the Shochan Aruch. It's the opinion of the, uh, of the Bach as well. If your intention is to protect yourself against the elements, that means more than just uh, sun, rain, 
the cold. It, it also means modesty to protect yourself from vision. That you should uh, be modest in the way you dress. If that's your intention, then all is well. That's perfectly clear. Now the shach has also added the element that if you're in society where men and women do not mingle, then uh, uh, cross-dressing for the purpose of sneaking in to the uh, to, to the other side of the of, of the, the the gates on the on the women's harem, well, that's no good and also prohibited. Uh, if the reason you dress that way is for safety, as you correctly point out on chat, well, if your motivation is safety so they will not molest you, well, well, your your purpose is not uh, is not decorative. Your purpose is safety. All is well. Okay, let's go one step further. We have time. Yeah, we have time for more material. Let's go. Now, uh, the ideas we've seen up till now uh, are the ideas of the Shulchan Aruch, early 16th century, uh, the uh, uh, ideas of the great Poskin from the 17th century, the great commentaries on the Shulchan Aruch, the Shach, the Taz, the Bach. Uh, let's go down into into more contemporary times, into the 20th century, and see how the more uh, uh, more modern rabbis address this. We have on the screen a truva of the Igris Moshe, or Moshe Feinstein, uh, the greatest of the rabbis of North America in the 20th century. And uh, uh, he uh, dealt with these issues uh, uh, quite a number of times because they arose, these issues arose in many contexts. Well, well, let's see, let's see how he deals with it. Uh, the Indian, this is a chuva which he composed regarding the following issue. Likach ish, al a man wants to swallow some medicine. A man wants to swallow some medicine. In order to change his white hair back into black or whatever color his hair used to be before his hair turned white. You know, like he's someone my age, which has a lot of white hair. Well, someone my age, you know, I don't have much hair left. But, but what, about a, what about a young person? Uh, what about it happens? Uh, that you know, a twenty-year-old man starts to go gray. I mean, I mean it happens, uh, uh, and, and he, he really feels bad about that. You know, like at my age, I couldn't care less. But but what, what happens when a twenty-year-old guy starts to go starts to go gray, and and he wants to he, he wants to color his hair black. He wants to look like a twenty-year-old, not a not a seventy-year-old. The uh, he, he might he might not be married yet, and he's trying to get married also. And if he is married, he wants to look good for his wife. The uh, uh, well, coloring one's hair in New York back in the nineteen fifties when this chuva was written, coloring your hair—that's something women did. Men did not do that. And you remember what the Taz said? Uh, the, the, you remember the example of the Taz? It just style of, of haircut. The way you dress your hair has to be in accord with your gender if you are in a place and time where men and women dress their hair differently. Well, in New York in the 1950s, uh, uh, women colored their hair, went to hairdressers to do that. Men did not. Well, here we got this 20-year-old guy who's turning gray, and uh, his doctor tells him, I can give you some uh, medicine, swallow these pills, and your hair will go back to, to its normal color, whatever it was before. Well, Hanidon Khan, the subject here, who in Isur Zed, the Lord Yilbash, Gam Al Tikune Noshim, the question here, the, the subject here has to do with the question of not a garment, we're talking about a garment. We're talking about hairstyle. They're not exactly the same as a garment, even though uh, the Shulchan Aruch and the, and the Poskim included it. We're not talking here about uh, about the result of an action. We're talking about the action itself, swallowing the pills. 
שלובש ומתקשט במלבושים, קישוטים שעושים נשים. We're talking about an action, which is an action done by the other gender. Putting on the act of putting on this garment, uh, the act of coloring one's hair, uh, this is an action which is done by the other gender. Now, uh, you'll notice that the, 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 show, the, the Igris Moshe is beginning to slip into a, into a different area of discourse here. Uh, up till now, uh, the question of cross-dressing in private, where no one will see you, has not been addressed up till this issue. Up to this moment, but 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 now the Shofanor, now the now the Rav Moshe Feinstein is pointing out that the prohibition is a prohibition of certain actions are prohibited. That's what it says in the Torah. It's the getting dressed this way or that way which is prohibited, not being dressed. Getting dressed is what is prohibited, and it follows therefore that even in private, if no one will see you, this is an action which is prohibited. It's the getting dressed in that way, which is prohibited, not the being dressed. On the other hand, maybe all this is wrong. Maybe all this is wrong, Rav Moshe Feinstein suggests. Maybe the whole prohibition is not the action. Uh, of, of putting on that kind of garment, maybe the prohibition is being dressed that way. Is it the action which is prohibited, or is it the result which is pro- which is prohibited? And there are big differences between them. Uh, for example, what about in private? If it's the uh, if it's the uh, action which is prohibited, so the action is prohibited even in private if no one sees you. If it's the result, the impact upon viewers which is prohibited. You're not allowed to to present yourself in a way which is going to give the wrong impression to viewers. Well, if there are no viewers, if you're in private, then there's no prohibition at all. It makes a big difference whether the prohibition here is the act of getting dressed or the, or, or, or the result of being dressed in that way. Oh, now we have something to analyze. Now we have to figure out which is correct which is correct, and it makes a big difference. In Neymar, if we would say, if we would say, if, we, if we're going to conclude that the whole prohibition is the act of getting dressed, the action, well, swallowing some pills is not a female thing. Swallowing pills is something that men and women do equally. Uh, and therefore, this action, there's something about this action of swallowing pills, which uh, which is feminine in nature. And therefore, uh, if the doctor wants to prescribe pills which are going to change his hair black, well, because there's nothing feminine about the action of, of swallowing pills. And, and if it's the action, the getting dressed, which is prohibited, no problem at all, in swallowing pills. Loma boy in Nashim, so uh, doesn't matter in the, in the slightest whether women color their hair with uh, artificial coloring or by swallowing pills. It doesn't matter how women do it. Uh, he is not doing a feminine action by swallowing pills. The result is going to be something that women do, namely changing the color of the hair. But the action is something which men and women do equally. Even if women take medicine to change the color of their hair, even if women are, uh, are taking these pills to change the color of their hair, still it's okay for men because swallowing pills is not a feminine activity in our society. Men also do it. Swallowing a pill has nothing feminine about it. Uh, that's if the prohibition of cross-dressing is the action, the getting dressed, and not the result. On the other hand, if we're going to conclude that the prohibition has to do with the result, the impact you make on viewers, that you are, you pre, you present to viewers as a woman, someone who yesterday had gray hair and today has black hair. 
Yesh then we have to prohibit this. Because even if women color their hair with coloring agents and not with medicine, still uh, going switching from one day gray hair to the next day black hair, that's presenting yourself like a woman. The result is like uh, the result that women get, and therefore prohibited. Yeah, well, the, 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 this is exactly the machlokas about the word, what the word yihia means. <laughs> uh, does the word yihia mean to be, or does it mean to become? To, uh, this is a big machlokas throughout uh, the commentaries on, on the Torah. Uh, and incidentally, this distinction uh, between uh, uh, action or result, is the Torah interested in the action, or is the Torah interested in the result, has vast ramifications throughout Throughout the length and breadth of Torah, uh, both can speak endlessly in every mitzvah uh, about this about this distinction. Is is the is the mitzvah the putting on of the tefillin, or is the mitzvah having the tefillin on your arm? Makes a big difference. Uh, what about someone who is uh, uh, disabled and unable to put on the tefillin himself? Uh, can a non-Jew? Put the tefillin on your arm for you, a non-Jew assistant. Well, well, if the mitzvah is ha- having the tefillin on your arm, the result of, of having the tefillin, so it doesn't matter particularly who puts them on. If the mitzvah is the putting on, well, a non-Jew is not doing a mitzvah by putting the tefillin on the, on the male patient. In every mitzvah, the, the, the endless discussions uh, trying to pin down about whether or not the mitzvah, specific mitzvah of the Torah, is, a, is, is a, an action or is it the result that the Torah is interested in? Sometimes it can be both. Yeah. Yeah, well, well of course, of course. The, 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 the reason people uh, uh, change the color of their hair, the, uh, whether it's uh, uh, just gray to black or or any color to green, uh, the, the reason people change uh, the color of the hair is, is, is to feel good. Uh, that's usually the reason, oh, to get a job might be the reason you do it. Uh, the 20-year-old guy uh, might, 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 might uh, have difficulty getting a job if he has gray hair, or he might have difficulty getting a, finding a shidduch uh, if he has gray hair. But women will take one look at him and say, well, what do I need someone with gray hair? Uh, so, uh, uh, let's, Regus uh, uh, Moshe has presented us with a problem that demands solution. Is it a prohibition of action, might Marseille, or is it a, uh, a prohibition of uh, uh, of the result being that way, so, so let's see how he how he resolves this. Since it is clear, since it's clear in this particular mitzvah that the prohibition is being adorned like the other gender. Even if you accomplish that result in a way different than the way the other gender does it, but the result is a result of looking like the other gender, giving the impression of being the other gender. If the result is in place, then it's prohibited to take those tablets, to swallow those that medicine uh, orally, by, by swallowing in your mouth, uh, that medicine is going to change the color of your hair. Well, the result is what is prohibited here, even if no women would change the color of their hair in this way. Women who wanted to change the color of their hair would go to the hairdresser and get hair dyed. Uh, uh, a man might want to change the color of his hair in a in a, a, a an action which is different from the way women do it. Well, it's not the action which is prohibited; it's the uh, it's the result, and the result here is the same and therefore prohibited. It cannot even be done in an indirect way. 
the whole chiluk ben maisa because the only distinction we make in halacha between doing things directly and indirectly has to do with uh, prohibitions where certain actions are prohibited, like like on Shabbat. Uh, on Shabbat, it's not, not a prohibition that the candle be burning. It's a prohibition that you light the candle. It's uh, it's the action which is prohibited and not the result. So so uh, if the prohibition is an action, like on Shabbos, where the prohibition is lighting the candle and not that the candle is lit, then uh, there's a big distinction between doing it directly, doing it in an indirect manner, but the distinction between direct and indirect is not applicable here because the prohibition is not the action at all, but the result. Well, uh, uh, up to this point, We've seen the principal opinions of the Shohanarch and the commentaries on the Shohanarch. We've begun to get some insight into the approach of uh, the contemporary post of Moshe Feinstein. Next time, we're going to deal specifically uh, with the issue of trousers uh, and see what the great contemporary post can have to say about that specific issue next week. And that will open up a window to the thinking of the contemporary rabbis. Until then, I wish you a good week and a Shabbat Shalom and look forward to seeing you all again a week from, t- a week from tonight. Until then, Shalom Shalom.